0: This episode of Podcast and Amplify is sponsored by Origin Mexico. I love my Mexican heritage, and one way that makes me feel connected to my culture is wearing clothes that showcase its rich artistry and traditions. My go-to source for beautiful hand-embroidered blouses is Origin Mexico, a woman-owned and operated brand offering a curated selection of handcrafted and ethically sourced goods from Mexico. All her pieces are like wearable art, but my favorite is my colorful Alheli blouse, handmade in Hidalgo by the Hernandez family. And I love knowing that owner Yasmin Castaneda works closely with each artisan to preserve their traditions while also creating a better quality of life for these working moms. Origin Mexico is helping us celebrate Latinx Heritage Month by offering our listeners 10% off your next purchase by going to originmexico.com and entering code AMPLIFY. I'm Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business i'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur and i love helping women grow their visibility mindset and business to the next level each week i share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast and i'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire let's amplify your voice and business Listeners, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm so excited to have Dr. Gina Vanegas with us to talk about storytelling. And if you've listened to this show for a while, you know how much I love storytelling. And I've had another guest on before to talk about it. But today, we're going to be taking it from a different angle, which I'm really excited about. So let's talk about who is Gina and why is she here today? So, Gina Venegas holds a PhD in counseling psychology from UC Santa Barbara. She's co authored several publications and she speaks on mental health topics such as self care, vicarious trauma, and burnout. So, Dr. Venegas' expertise is really in qualitative data analysis and social justice. And we're going to talk about storytelling from the lens of the science, the the importance of that, um, how we can use qualitative data to tell impactful stories. Did I get all that right, Gina? Is that a good summary of what you do, where your expertise lies?
1: Definitely. Thank you so much for that kind intro.
0: Absolutely. I know we connected and... I think we kind of geeked out over storytelling, but you just added this different layer to it that I hadn't really ever considered. So I'm excited to have you here today. And I was hoping that we could just dive right in and you could describe sort of the psychological process that occurs when we tell stories, when different narratives are highlighted, um, because I think that's obviously where, where your expertise is.
1: Yes, thank you. So I just kind of wanted to connect a little bit of the dots of when, when we talk about qualitative data, really talking about stories and narratives. Um, so I, I often will introduce myself to clients as I am a data consultant and I just am interested in stories and narratives uh, rather than numbers. The reason that is, is because our society really is geared towards thinking of of things in a very quantitative way. How many people are we serving? How many podcasts listens to did we get? How many interviews did we make? It's always this over-focus on numbers um, and figures. And what happens is there is a disconnection between the human experience when you only quantify it in this this how many kind of um, structure. So stories and narratives, at least in my world, um, in the consulting that I do, really kind of bring another layer, um, and it kind of humanizes the experience. So with me working with nonprofits, um, oftentimes, unfortunately, they are kind of bound to making these reports around how many people did they serve, how many sessions did they attend, how much uh, money was spent, right? Right. And I think that's great. And there is a place for that. But when you bring a story, when you hear somebody talk about the impact of an experience in their lives from their own words, and you hear that experience over and over, it really connects the person that you're talking to, to that experience in a very unique way. There is a deeper sense of empathy that happens. It is really difficult to get from a numbers perspective. So I think that is the part that really highlights that really connects us, really, the the hearing, the experiences, because oftentimes, more often than not, you can relate to an aspect of that narrative. So if I was talking to you about a wedding, let's say, and I said to you, Well, we're gonna measure the importance of this wedding in this way. Tell me how many guests did they come, tell me how many cakes were they, um, eaten, how many plates were served, how many couples were there. You can kind of get an idea, but it really kind of takes the essence out of that. It takes the complete essence out of that. You can't say what the impact of attending that wedding really was in your life. But if you talk to me and you said something like, well, I was really moved by the speech that the father of the bride made because it reminded me of my own father. And it reminded me of their passing or I was really moved by their vows because I feel that way about my partner or because that's something I really want in my life. It completely changes the way we relate to that event. And I think that's what happens when you tell stories. People connect to different aspects of it, especially when there is this emotional connection. You can remember how um, an experience felt for you. You you remember it triggers all these memories. It triggers all these feelings. A number will never do that. It's just not, it it doesn't have that depth. Um, I think it can give you a good overview. And so narratives and stories really are important in that sense.
0: I love that distinction between the quantitative and the qualitative. And you're right that so much of, especially in the online space, it's all about the number of followers. It's all about the number of downloads for your podcast, or subscribers, or people inside of your email list. And what gets lost is the quality of those connections. Um, what do uh, what What does a follower really mean? Are they actually engaging with you? The stories are what pull out that human. Element, you know, and give you that nuance and the texture and the depth. So, how do you use qualitative data to show the power, science, and importance of storytelling?
1: Yeah. So, I, I love that you connected it back to engagement because that is something that you can talk about engagement in a class. You can talk about engagement in terms of social media. You can talk about engagement in a social, uh, on a social service program for a nonprofit. But I think, um, again, engagement is often measured in this very quantitative way that really takes out the importance behind the qualitative data, the work that you're doing, right? Um, I think it's really hard to say, um, you know, for especially for a lot of the processes that happen, a lot of the impact that we have. It's hard to measure that in a quantitative way. Um, so you might say I have had—I don't know what what would be typical, but I would have—I have a million um, downloads um, of this episode, right? That you know that tells you something, and I think it's important to pay attention to it. But I can't say why people really connected to this episode, and I think that's where stories really getting to know your listener, really getting to hear what is the impact of that specific episode, it kind of changes the perspective completely. So now you hear the why. You know it's important because of the number, but you don't know why. And so for me, that's where the power of storytelling really comes from. So often when I speak with organizations that are interested in what I do, I bring it to them from that perspective of if you really want to have an in-depth understanding of the why what you're doing is important, of the how it is important and how it's creating change, then you really need to start talking to your audience. That audience might be the people who are listening to your podcast. That audience could be the people who are taking your class, the people that are coming to get some sort of um, social service for me, whether it's mental health or reproductive or, or whatever it might be. So I think understanding the why and the how are really how um, really lend themselves to doing qualitative work to really talk about storytelling in that way.
0: So how do you use that qualitative data, that rich storytelling to center and really humanize the lives of people who their experiences fall outside of the traditional norm, you know, BIPOC folks, queer, gender expansive, immigrants, women, you know, people who aren't mainstream represented, but they obviously have important experiences and stories to share.
1: Yeah, definitely. So because there is a over-focus on numbers and figures in our society, the voices of people who don't fit a specific category or who don't represent the majority are often very much left out. So qualitative data, this this interest in our field in psychology, really came about to really understanding an experience in a more in-depth process. And then it was used to really highlight voices that are not traditionally uh, represented in various aspects of the work that we do. So, um, again, you know, when you hear a story, it really helps you connect and empathize. It really drives that empathy forward and helps you connect with that person in a different way. When you are talking about experiences that fall outside of what people, um, experience in their life, it really brings a different sense to it. So there are a lot of, um, Theories in social psychology that speak about the stereotyping that happens of stereotyping of people outside of your group, outside of the identity that you hold. And what we've seen is that when people have contact, when people have an, an understanding, when they're able to connect to this other side, then the stereotyping decreases. And so I think it's important to kind of keep in mind that. That is really the that is another aspect of the power behind storytelling is when you highlight experiences that people might not be aware of. Like I'm thinking of ability is one of the areas that is often left behind um, in terms of DNI work, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And when you hear more stories about what it is like to live with uh, an invisible. Disability or what it is like to live with disability in the US. You can't help but connect with that experience in some way. There is at least one aspect that you're bound to connect. And so it decreases um, stereotyping and it also makes you aware more of what that experience might be like. You're more attuned and better able to kind of connect to it in a deeper sense rather than if I just gave you a number as to how many people with disability live in the US. So I think. That's the power behind storytelling and telling stories, highlighting people that you don't typically hear from and that are not often involved. Especially when it comes to like when we do research studies, again, it's, it's another area where there's been a lot of quantitative focus. So when you're doing statistics work, you're often kind of putting outliers uh, to the side to be able to focus on these statistics behind this particular group. That's one way to look at, at a research study. And again, what happened is there was this push for, okay, well, what's happening with these outliers? We are kind of making them to the side. And what do we know about these outliers? Why are they important? What do we need to know about them? And so if you're only focused on the numbers, if you're doing that research study, doing statistics, you may not necessarily always do that. I think there are people who might do that, but more often than not, that's not really the case. So oftentimes, qualitative data is looking at these outliers, it's looking at these few people. So you are only looking at a few people, you're looking at that experience and then providing a platform for that voice to be heard that wasn't typically. So when I was in um, doing my uh, PhD, I did a study with individuals who had experienced homelessness, had experienced um a a long history of drug use, and they were had been sober for quite a long time. were really engaged in this social service program and You don't typically hear from those folks, and it was so powerful like I can't tell you how many lessons I learned from doing from talking to people and that had been marginalized for so long. Um, and So sometimes it's, it's really important to think about diversity into what sort of stories you're highlighting. So, you know, if maybe we're only studying people who identify a specific way who represent the majority, and we're highlighting that, and that is already over highlighted, then we're just hearing the same story over and over. And we talk about in media specifically, the importance of multiple narratives, the importance of highlighting different aspects. And I think that's where, that's one of the powers of of storytelling. Uh, That's one way you can use it to really kind of highlight other, other voices that are needing to be represented. Hey friends, we'll get back to
0: the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge-Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. You know, you're definitely speaking to the choir here because that is so much a part of the mission for this show and the real heart of, you know, why I started it. And I so agree with you that, you know, when you're talking about like, it's like the empathy goes up when you hear other people's stories and then the generalizations just kind of go down and you are meet this moment where you're able to just make this human connection in the places that, you know, are familiar to you. I mean, there's always something that's going to resonate with you. I've been telling people in my community, especially for business focused podcasts, you know, I was seeing the one perspective shown and I'm like, there are so many other women out here whose narratives need to be shared so that they can see themselves and they can see what's possible. It it helps normalize, you know, the different experiences and, you know, podcasting is a lot about telling your story. You know, all of our stories come into, they inform where we've gotten, you know, today and 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 the knowledge that we've learned along the way. How can listeners, how can they ask better questions to tap into either their stories or other people's stories? I'd love for listeners to be able to sort of like enhance the way that they think about stories, which I think will have happened by listening to the first part of this episode but I also want them to be able to have something kind of tactical to take with them.
1: That makes sense. Um, I, I just want to highlight something that you reminded me of. We've talked a lot about what happens to the audience who is hearing the story, but we haven't talked about the person who's telling the story. And it often reminds me of, um, I, I'm in counseling psychology. So we learn how to be psychotherapists while being researchers as well. And one of the things that we often learn and, uh, that we talk about what happens when people attend group therapy, what's healing about it is the validation, the normalization of the experience. And I think that is what happens when people are telling their story is someone for the very first time, maybe more often than not hearing the story completely a Like a full hour. I mean, nothing could be more validating than that than to be able to say and be who you are for just an hour. And I think that's what happens oftentimes is not just the impact that it has on the audience, but the person who's having the platform to really share their side. I think it's so healing, Um, and that is another way that it kind of stories connects us because there is a sense of what you're what you're listening to me in such an intent way. You're connecting to the story that I have. And so that kind of bonds us in a way. And same thing for the audience. The audience is connecting. Oh, I also live that. I've also experienced some of that. Maybe I haven't experienced homelessness, but I've had that fear of losing my home because I've had difficult financial situations. Um, Everybody can connect to some piece of it. And I think that really builds a sense of connection that it's really difficult to have otherwise. But going back to your question, how can we ask better questions? That is really where I feel like my qualitative researcher training really came from. You have to be so intentional. It's not not ask a question just to ask a question. You have to do your research on that person. You have to um, really... You know, do multiple drafts of the questions. You have to think about get yourself into the perspective of the other person. How could they answer this? What would be an answer that they could provide? And sometimes when you ask your when you ask the question and you try to answer, you're like, "Oh, I don't think that that's a, the answer that I'm looking for." In terms of like maybe it's a very limited answer that I'm gonna get. So how can I expand this question? So always. Things that are going to make that person think those questions really can help kind of have a better or more in-depth conversation uh, rather than if the person is just kind of rambling, then it's, it's not really helpful. So you really want the interview, you really want the questions to kind of be a soft pace because it allows for reflection and it allows for you and the person that you're interviewing to kind of co-create a, a new meaning that maybe wouldn't be there otherwise, right? That's why we're having a conversation. So there's a lot of intentionality that goes behind whenever I create an interview protocol. I mean, I can spend hours on it um, if I'm not careful. You know, you have to also layer your questions. You have to pay attention to the order in which you're creating those questions. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to end? If I'm going to ask a question that could elicit some resistance, how am I going to ask that question? Uh, Where do I place that question to make sure that I don't uh, go over it? So I might do it instead of putting that question in the beginning, I might do like a soft question just to start. And then somewhere in the middle, I might put that resistance question. I also ask questions in two ways. So I might be looking at, what are the advantages of doing X, Y, and Z in your opinion? And what are, and I will ask in another question, what are the disadvantages of doing X, Y, and Z? Because I always want to explore both perspectives. And then the last thing I'll say is interview somebody else ahead of time, right? If this is like a really important interview, you're really Considering and you're able to ask those questions of someone else just to see how they would answer that, because you might think they might respond in one way and it might be completely different. So that's that's another thing you can do.
0: Okay, so I know that you could probably do just one episode on that question. But what I heard was intentionality, pacing, ordering, thinking about perspective. Those are really important things. For any person you know asking questions to to really consider and think about. So that's really helpful. I think it gives us general understanding of how we can have more impactful questions. So I wanted to touch back on what you said around storytelling and its ability to connect us. And you know, I hadn't thought about the that sense of bonding that happens when you hear someone's story. I always talk about how one of my favorite parts of listening to podcasts, mm-hmm is when I hear someone who I assume I didn't have any connection with or anything in common with say something about share something about their story where I'm like oh I I get that I totally connect with that and it's such a delightful surprise and I do feel more bonded to this person who I didn't think I had anything in common with Um, but I never put it in those words so that's those. <laughs> cool to think about it in that perspective and then the um idea that it is healing and it's not just healing for the person telling it telling the story but it has the if that effect on the person listening as well it's like this mutual engagement together like we talked about earlier but what you shared around asking better questions was super helpful. And I want to end this interview with asking you a question around being a Latina, because this episode will be one of several episodes that I'm featuring in Hispanic Heritage Month. And how is being a Latina a superpower in your career?
1: Oh my gosh, it's the best. It's the best superpower I could have, I have to say. I actually do talks for Latinx Heritage Month. So this is a topic I absolutely love to talk about because that's like one of the things, that's one of the ways that it's been helpful for me. There is a lot of interest um, in serving the community in various ways, from a commercial standpoint, from a social service standpoint, from like so many, so many beautiful platforms are coming out, so many groups are coming out specifically geared towards um, the Latinx population. And I just, I'm so grateful to be a part of it because when clients come to me, they're coming to me because I'm not only bilingual and can speak Spanish, but I'm also bicultural. Like I understand the cultural nuances. I've studied the population. I've worked with the population. It's been what I've been immersed. I identify as a Latina. So there is a lot of interest in, in working with me for that specific reason. I can broker and help with the understanding of a culture, and so Latinx um, Heritage Month is one of those months where I do a lot of those talks. It is just providing an introduction of all these different labels and what does it mean to be Latina versus Hispanic versus Chicana. Where what does all these labels mean? And so I get to talk to people about you know the different statistics, um, the misconceptions. Is just a beautiful way to kind of introduce people to this. But for me. Like, I couldn't be more proud. Like, I am part of the community. I get to highlight the community. I get to serve the community in so many ways. So that is, that has been my superpower for sure. I understand what it is like to navigate more of a community-based type of society versus an individualistic. And I can navigate both. Um, And I think that is a superpower. And I remember so many people telling me this growing up of like, oh my gosh, you're going to be so busy. Or, yeah, you're going to get that scholarship because of that. Or you're going to get into college because of that. I don't know that I really ever believed them or really thought that was true. But until now, where I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I'm so glad and thankful. Um, You know, I immigrated when I was 16. So I always, you know, Spanish was always, is has always been my life. But I'm so grateful for that and the understanding of being able to navigate different cultures. That in and of itself is a superpower, I think.
0: It definitely is. And that's a beautiful answer. And I love all that you're bringing to Latinx community. And I love all that you brought to the show today. So thank you so much, Gina, for coming on and sharing your just vast knowledge around storytelling and qualitative data and all the amazing things around how can we can really be connected by going deeper into stories. Um, So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate this.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. And don't forget that you get 10% off your next purchase by visiting our sponsor originmexico.com and entering code amplify. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And the best way to support this show is by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. For those of you who leave a review, you'll get the chance to win a 30 minute strategy session or a mini audit of your existing podcast. Thanks for listening and remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.